This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I'm ready to receive the incorruptible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. I'll never be the same again. Come on. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Now your best shout ever. Psalms 136. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. His faithful love endures forever. To the sun to rule the day. His faithful love endures forever and the moon and stars to rule the night. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. He brought Israel out of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. He acted with a strong hand and a powerful arm. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who parted the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. He led Israel safely through. His faithful love endures forever. But he hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who struck down mighty kings. His faithful love endures forever. He killed powerful kings. His faithful love endures forever. Shannon, king of Amorites. His faithful love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan. His faithful love endures forever. God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance. His faithful love endures forever. A special possession to his servant Israel. His faithful love endures forever. He remembered us in our weakness. His faithful love endures forever. He saved us from our enemies. He gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. Thank you, Jody. We give God a hand. You may be seated. How many of you get the point? <laughs> How many of you believe the point? This faithful love endures forever. It's going to be two, two weeks of this, so I was going to do it all today, but with the time we took to pray, I'll just parse it out in part two and push it to you next week as well. So if you're here, come back. You'll get the whole scoop. But I, don't, I feel like it's just too important to rush it. 
And if it's all right, I would rather just kind of build the thought and then uh, give the thought at the end. And then Robin's coming after we finish that, and she'll minister as well in a few weeks. So it's going to be good to have her. Let me show you the verse that popped in my heart as I read this. It's, uh, it's kind of tucked toward the end. It was really, as I was reading it this week, it was really like powerful. Like, man, God routed kings. God did this. God did that. God did all this stuff. God created there. And then I got to this, that he remembered us in our weakness. And his faithful love endures forever. And so this was my thought this week. Your weakness is to establish you in his faithfulness. And that's just tough. That's a hard place to come to. It's a hard place to admit that the places of my life that I've failed, the, the places of my life where I struggle, and, and that could be anything, his thoughts, my, uh, you know, the weaknesses, the thing that really says you're a human. The thing when somebody stabs you in the back and your weakness comes out because you're like, yeah, never again, I'm not doing that. When somebody hurts you, when somebody disappoints you, lets you down, somebody you dearly trusted. And then you read this and it's, it's a lot easier to connect God's faithfulness when it's outside of you. Oh, he was faithful to Egypt, he was faithful to Israel, he was faithful to redeem him, he was faithful. But then you have to turn it inward. And then to ask everybody in the room the question, is he faithful in the middle of your weakness? And we all would probably say, well, he is God. He is. But the truth of this is when we try to merge my weakness with his faithfulness, it gets really ugly. Because you start, your, your humanity begins to take over. Your humanity begins to define him. He doesn't feel so faithful when I've been praying for six months. He doesn't feel so faithful when I've been asking him to heal me for five years. He doesn't feel so faithful when he still hasn't fixed my marriage. He doesn't feel so faithful when I'm still so broken with these addictions. He doesn't feel so faithful that my husband left me. He doesn't feel so faithful when he let me get raped. He doesn't feel so faithful when I can't reconcile my earthly experiences with his heavenly nature. And so we do what humans do in those times. Rather than his heavenly nature defining us, our us defines him. And it just becomes scripture. Well, when scripture doesn't reconcile with experience, experience becomes scripture. And rather than the, the Bible defining who God is, and then I have to reconcile my life to him, I push the Bible aside and go, eh, it's such an archaic book, I don't even understand it, it doesn't seem real. And then my life becomes my scripture. My experiences become higher than God's character. Well, he must not be a healer because he didn't heal me. He must not be a faithful God because he abandoned me. He must, he must, he must because me, me, me. And anytime the me's begin to define the he's, we end up in a mess. If you don't know this now, we are there in our country. Our experiences are redefining his divinity. Our humanity reorganizes his divinity. And we put ourselves in the place of God by saying my experiences are higher and more true than his godness. And so if you're a believer, and by a believer I mean you, you actively follow Jesus. As a believer, any time your experiences become your divinity... 
you're on a slippery slope. The challenge for us as Christians is when my humanity is not experiencing his faithfulness. Then I have two choices. I can either trust me and redefine him or I can redefine me to trust him. And when weakness gets deep, you better believe you will start redefining something. You will redefine marriage because it's not lining up with his faithfulness. You will redefine health because it's not lining up with his faithfulness. We always redefine. It's the natural thing of a human to redefine the weakness wherein I can feel like I have some kind of power over it. And so, and the reason I want to, I want to go slow with this is I don't want to just preach a message. I want to show you next week it will get there. I want to show you how practically we find ourselves weak, but it enhances his faithfulness. But I will say it's, it's much easier to preach it than to live it. Right? It's easy for me to go, you should just trust the Lord. But when my wife gets cancer, breast cancer diagnosis, and, and things aren't going the way I think they should, I wonder where is my faithful God in this weak moment of my life? Where is God? I thought he was a healer. I thought I was told God would protect me. I don't feel very protected right now. As a matter of fact, I just feel doggone vulnerable. I tell my son-in-law, if he wants to marry my daughter, you need to be a priest of your home. In other words, that's what I mean. If any boy that comes to ask me to marry my daughter, I say, I have one thing. Can you be a priest of the home? In other words, when all hell breaks loose, can you lead my daughter to God because you're going to be in charge here? And if you can, I feel much better. But I will say that preach is good to the boy who's desperate and will say anything to marry the daughter. Right? When you're in love? I'll, yeah, I'm a priest. Yeah. But I'm rolling up on 57, and even with my own wife, it's hard to be a priest when your weakness is screaming louder than his faithfulness. And you better know, weakness has a voice. You're going to fail. You're going to go under. You're going to die. Whatever it would be. And the weird thing about weakness, it affects us all differently because we're different humans with different personalities. But you better know, in your walk with God, it will hit you. I think it's why Jesus would say, you have to take up your cross and follow me. I think he knew that, not, not because I'm so sinful, which I am, but, but because he knew I was a human and if I didn't put myself on the cross, I would always let myself be my God. And anytime self becomes God, we're in trouble. In my walk with him, I know that I know that I know that I know that I know he's faithful in my knower. It's this that goes, where are you? Why won't you do this for me? Why don't you answer my prayer now? 
Why haven't you fixed this yet? I don't understand. I'm doing all this for you. Where are you? I don't know if anybody else has been there. I've been there a lot. And in my being there a lot, I find myself, rather than reeling myself into my pity, I have to cut that string and I have to throw the hook to his faithfulness. And I, like Job, which is weird, I may teach on him one day, I have to say, though he slay me, I'm going to trust him. And I keep pulling myself closer to him. Because the one thing I found out about weakness, if you're not careful, it moves you further from him. It isolates you. It makes you feel abandoned. Now to show you how weird this is, it's not just like, it's just a weird concept. I want to show you a scripture out of the New Testament. Most Christians know this. If you've been saved any length of time, somebody somewhere has thrown this to you. Paul says, my grace, each time Jesus said back to Paul, my grace is sufficient, my power works best in weakness. I don't even, I put it in yellow because it's just like a caution phrase. I don't like it. I don't want his power to work best in weakness. I want his power to work best when my life is proving he's powerful. What this means to me in yellow is that it's not your life that proves he's powerful. He's powerful beyond your experiences. My power works best in weakness. No, his power works best when I prove to everybody I'm not weak. He's answered every prayer. He's healed every disease. He's every, 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 all, all, all. Wow, how powerful is God. In other words, God is only powerful as he performs to my level of opinion. His power resides in his performance. And when he performs for me, answers my prayer, heals my wife, he's powerful. But doggone, you don't feel like clapping when he doesn't seem like he's powerful. Such as the diagnosis, we found a spot on your breast and then therefore it is this. You don't want to go, wow. Come on God, ain't he powerful? You don't feel like praising when the weakness is being magnified. I only want to praise after the weakness has been dealt with. So it's a lot easier to praise God when Robin stands up here and preaches a message and we go, man, God has healed her. And we're like, come on, God, God won. No, no, no. God won before she was ever born. God was faithful before she ever popped out of mama's belly. So God didn't become faithful after Robin got a better diagnosis. God did not all of a sudden turn faithful when she got your cured. He's been faithful the whole time. But, but in my weakness, when she's teared up crying, when fear's taking over, when Google is usurping his faithfulness, when reports are robbing you of the peace, when his faithfulness has appeared to sprout wings and fly off, you, you find yourself in bed crying, you find yourself in the tub, where is he, what did I do, what's going on with me? 
And if I could say anything today to inspire you, because we'll get nowhere close to the end, but if I could just inspire you today, I would love to say that in the middle of your weakness, he's still powerful. If you don't settle that, you lose every time. He's not powerful because he answered the prayer. He's powerful because he's God. He's not powerful because he healed you. He is the healer. He doesn't become because he... That's probably my thought today. He doesn't become because he performs. He is whether anybody ever gets it. Because we're just mere humans in the equation. He's God. If everybody on the planet dies, he's still healer. He doesn't become healer by going, well, I'm batting like 400. I better up my healing game so they remember I'm a healer. I'm going to up my healing to 700. God's not like a batter at the plate that gets more money the better he hits the ball. He's a home run hitter every time. He gets up to the plate, he's batting a thousand. I'll teach you this next week because from my humanity, I don't feel like God's batting a thousand because I'm judging him off of my experience and I got a lot of strikes. So anytime I judge the performance from the experience, I'm going to have strikeouts. But anytime I judge the performance by his nature, I win every time. And you better know that I have fought this for a year. I, because it's me, it's my, I like when he performs. It makes me feel holy, godly, and that he cares about me. And that I'm doing something right. He answered my prayer. So that I can come here and go, let me tell you what God did for me. And then everybody goes, yeah. <laughs> because who wants to stand up and go, let me tell you something, he's abandoned me. He hadn't answered one prayer in six months. Somebody give him some praise. I've had this God awful rash for nine months. Praise him, somebody. I threw my hip out. Ain't he good? You know, no, like that's how weird this is. Like we only, listen, this is my thought. You don't have to believe it. It's an opinion. I feel like we only praise him when he performs. So what we worship is a performance God. And if he doesn't perform, peace out, man. I ain't got time for that. It's fake. He's probably not even there. He doesn't love me, obviously. Because American Christianity presents the performance God. He will fix you, heal you, bless you, help you, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying he won't. He is a good father. But if, I, if he's only my father because he performs, then I've missed out. He was father over all creation before a human ever showed up. His fatherhood was defined in the six days before he ever took a lump of dirt and made a human. And the problem is when he defines his fatherhood before humans ever show up, you would think that's a brilliant God. But once humans show up, we define his fatherhood not by what he did in days one through six for me, but what I want him to do in day eight through 9,000 for me. I don't define him from what he did and who he is before I got here. I define him in my experiences, which is the battle we'll see that begin to rage. I take pleasure in my weakness, green. 
you got to be kidding me. I put it in green, just I don't even want to talk about it. Just move on. Blow through the light, man. Because I don't. I have not gotten here yet. I wish in 57 years of knowing him that I could stand up here and go, you know, I get giddy when I'm weak. I literally get irritated. I don't have pleasure in needing God to rescue me. There's nothing romantic to me about it. I don't like trouble. I like everything to work. I suffer for Christ for when I'm weak, I'm strong. I don't like that either. I like when I'm weak, I feel weak, and I need you to just get me out of this weakness. I don't even like thinking about it. So what this tells me, and what I've tried to learn, I do know God wants to show himself powerful in my weakness. I know he wants to bring me through the weakness into victory. But it's this length of time of how long does my weakness hang out? Like if my weakness leaves instantly, was it really a weakness? Because if it instantly leaves, you don't even have time to determine how weak and needy I was. Because I really wasn't weak, I was irritated. And I went to him irritated and he fixed it. Like, dude, God's awesome. He does this a lot for new saved people. He answers your irritations. Because you're a new baby. <laughs> okay, come here. But come on, some of you have been around a long time. God doesn't answer irritations anymore. He's like, my God, grow up. Quit your sniveling and whining. Get out of my basement and quit relying on me and go put some work to your faith. Like, what are you talking about, God? Grow up. Right? I mean, that's the way I think the Heavenly Father does. The longer you're in the game, he's like, man, Mark, come on. You don't know me by now. You're sniveling and whining. So, anybody in the room been saved over 16 years, quit living in your mama's basement not wanting to work and only play video games. <laughs> Grow up. And trust God and quit blaming him for all your ills in life. If you're 15 years and under, come talk to me. I'll love you through the pain. But somewhere you got to trust his faithfulness even when you don't feel like he's faithful. Show you the next one. How can God expect me to take pleasure in my weakness? I don't even expect it of myself. Next slide. The nature, and this is where I'm going to end. I'm going to give you a scripture after this. The nature of my humanity makes it easier for me to magnify my weakness and question his faithfulness. The nature of humanity, meaning nobody in this room is exempt from this one thought. The nature of you being a human makes it easier to magnify the weakness while you question his faithfulness. If God loved me, then why? If he's a healer, then why? If he answers prayers, then why? If he's all God, then why? 
It's normal. It doesn't make you a bad Christian. It doesn't mean that you don't trust him to question him. It's just the nature of all humans. We question the creator. Because when the creator doesn't perform to my expectations, I question him. Just so you know you're in good company. Ready to be in good company? Scripture. Nope, nope, the scripture right after that one. Yep. At noon, what fell? You ever been having a great day and then just all of a sudden? Come on, anybody. Sun shining. Great day. Zippity doo da, zippity yay. My, oh my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine heading my gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. Oh, that's hee haw. You had to be in the 1970s. I realized real quick there's a lot of young people in here going, he's an idiot. <laughs> Come on, old people. I was singing hee haw. <laughs> Any time you've ever had a good day and then darkness just smacked you right in the face? Your bride wakes up ready to go to Disney and then gets the phone call, we found a spot. Your grandbaby's birth and you get the call, they have cystic fibrosis. The darkness hits you, he files for divorce. The bad news nails you between the throat. You lost your job. Your wife says, I don't love you anymore. In, the, in a minute, in an instant, darkness comes. It fell across the whole land. In other words, you can't even see hope. You're, you're so in a dark funk, you can't even make it. And about three o'clock, here, here, this will help you out. Jesus, in his godliness of being God, didn't make it more than three hours. <laughs> Before he cried out what we all cry out. Man, why'd you abandon me? You see, that's how human we are. It doesn't take a month, a year, or five years. You give a human about three hours of, of darkness before they'll feel like God abandoned them. This is the Son of God. The Son of God feels like Daddy God, peace out. It shows us that he's not, uh, he's not understanding of your plight of weakness. Maybe this is why he would say prior to this, take up your cross. Because he knew if he didn't teach you to take up your cross and understand how to bear the cross, you would come to a place in your life where you felt abandoned. What he's teaching us here, Jesus. Jesus is teaching us that in the nature of walking out your faith, you will come to a place to where you feel like God has abandoned you. Meaning, he has not answered a prayer. It didn't go the way I thought it would go. He didn't fix what I thought he would fix. How do you expect me to trust him? Jesus himself. So I don't, I don't say it to put anybody down. I just say it that it is a normal, why did God let this happen to me response. 
And until you learn how to work through it and press through it and grow through it and come out with what we need to come out with, it's really hard between these two words of my God and abandon me. Here's the thought. It's never been about you anyway. If you want to be victorious, stop making it about you. And that's hard. Because we have preached a gospel in America that it makes it about us. He better fix me, bless me, help me. And I'm not against that. I believe he is that kind of God. But when I sell that is that's what he is and he doesn't perform and he doesn't jump through your hoops and he doesn't answer immediately and you have to bury somebody you love that you never would have wanted to do that. It makes it very hard to stay in the game. It makes it very hard to come to the place of I trust him. And so I just want to leave that there to ask you, is it about you? Have you? Has your humanity defined his divinity? Has your disappointment redefined who he is? Have the people that hurt you caused you to rethink him? Has your experiences become your God and now you are your own God and well, He performs and as long as He performs, I feel good about Him. And so I want you to think about this this week. I'm not one to like, you know, please come back, but I think it would do you well to come back, make an effort next week because I'll, I'll be able to kind of walk it through in a very practical way of how this happens. But at least for this week, would you just be honest enough to ask yourself, is your faith about you? What I want God to do? And if He does perform for me, then I'll redefine how awesome of a God He is. If He performs, He's faithful. If He answers, He's good. If He does it all in the instant that I ask Him, then He must be this awesome God. But in a weak moment when He seems to be delaying a little bit, He seems to be like He's not there. He seems to be, don't start redefining the nature of Him because He still is faithful. I have to just learn to stop making it about me and make it about Him. And listen, when you learn who He is, when you grab hold of His nature, He will never... Here's what's weird. Joey, back up a scripture to that scripture. Do you not think how when Jesus says at the end of the book of Revelation, I'm with you always... I will never leave you or forsake you. Do you not think he was thinking back to this moment of, I know how you feel, Eva. You're going to feel like I have. You're going to feel like I'm not there. You're going to feel like I've turned it back. You're going to feel like I'm answering everybody's prayer but your own. I think when Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I think he was having an experience of telling you what this feels like. Because he did feel like his father abandoned him. He did feel like that his father wasn't faithful. But he hung there anyway. And you know why he hung there? Next slide, put it back up, Joey, about the 
It wasn't about him. My father, I don't want to go to the cross. It's not about me. It's about you. It's not my will. It's your will. Now, the moment I come there, God, I trust you. You're faithful. You're a healer. You're a provider. You're all this stuff. And before you ever perform, you are. And when you understand he is, before he performs, you understand how to be strong in the middle of weakness. Because I'm strong because I know who he is. Not I'm strong because he performed. Does that make sense? I'm not trying. I hope it does make sense. I mean, in my brain it does, but communicating it is strange. I have to stand in who he is rather than what he does by performing. And once I land there, you better know he does perform. He shows himself faithful. It's just, back up Joey one more time. It's just when it gets dark and it's three o'clock and I've been bleeding out for three hours in pain and sorrow and my whole world feels dark. It is hard to focus on just think about Jesus. Just get over yourself. Think about God. It's hard to get over yourself when you're bleeding out. It's hard to get over yourself when your skin has been ripped off. It's hard to get over yourself when the pain is so brutal. It's hard to get over yourself when you're pretty much gone and they stab you anyway. And all the water comes gushing out. If you watch his crucifixion, it sure does seem like he was abandoned. You know why? Because he died there. And how could a father be faithful when he didn't perform for me on this earthly world? Because they buried him. And at that moment is where we have to begin to ask the deeper questions. I'll ask it next week. Let me pray for you. Father, today, I pray that, here's my prayer, that you would shift that God of performance to the God of his nature. In your weakness, he's faithful. He's faithful before you even prayed. He's faithful before you had a problem. He's faithful before you had a meltdown. He's just God. He's faithful. And you may be here today and it's 3 o'clock for you. It might be high noon. You just, just hit a dark spot. You might be here and your whole world feels like it's caving in. You might be here and like Jesus, I just feel like this God you talked about has left me high and dry. But if like the psalm that was read today, he is faithful and his faithful love endures forever. And if you will not throw in the towel, curse him, run from him, but you would run to him. 
in your weakness, you would say, it's really not my will, it's yours. I trust you, Father. I don't know the outcome, but I trust your faithfulness. And if I trust your faithfulness, then the outcome is I win. Because I've trusted you. And if you've defined him by your experiences, it's a simple prayer. Father, forgive me that your divinity has been overridden by my humanity. I trust you. Would you stand with me, if you will, today? Thank you so much for joining us on the Believer's Church YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Believer's Church, you can visit mybelieverschurch.com. If there is anything that you need prayer for, please email us at amen at mybelieverschurch.com. Be sure to check back next week for a brand new message.